Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of season two of the Dear Joe Payne podcast with SJ and Eva B. And thank you so much to so many people who have subscribed and followed us and liked us. It's much appreciated. And please continue to spread the word and the love. Nice bed. Oh, my bed. That's beautiful. Look at how it is. Look at that headboard. Jesus Christ. Is that velvet? This is velvet. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Fucking hell. You splashed out on the bed. You bought everything, did you? Well, yeah, the place is unfurnished. Oh, uh, Eva. So it's stunning. Yeah, it's stunning. Oh, Hi, girls. my God. Look at that bed, Dee. Look at her new bed. I'm looking. It's divine. Divine, isn't it? Jesus yeah. Christ. Absolutely beautiful. Love, love. I love the little corner of the side. Like, it's it's really, you can hold on to it, right? I'm just like, I'm just like, <laughs> like, a, like a corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I exercise in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Exercise, exercising. It is. It's fabulous. about as much exercise as any of us are getting at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgrace. It's actually a disgrace. It's actually a disgrace. It is I'm a disgrace. Doing nothing. Nothing. Like, and since Lewis has stopped going to school, I don't even get to walk him up the hill to school. That was kind of my daily exercise. Was walking him to school and back. And I don't even have that anymore. It's a disgrace. And well, you'll, has, you'll have it soon when, once you get to September. The can't first. wait to get, get that walk back in. Terrible, isn't it? Down to the sea. You'll have the walk down to the sea with Dee. Walk down to the sea. Get into yeah. the sea. But yeah. I need to do more than the walking now. The muscle tone is gone, lads. Oh, yeah. He really I, hit I, that. Yeah. Looking at the body going, I hear it. <laughs> You have to be doing weights for bone density. Got to start the weights. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm all about the weights. Um, but what are you going to do? Are you going to do them by yourself? Are you going to try and go to a gym? I think there's a gym in this place I can go down and they'll probably have weights there. That's all. See, I'm if there's do. a gym in the place in your building, you will you will go down. I will go down for yeah. sure. I will you use will. it. That's and really if, good. I thought I thought the the um, threat of having to get into a swimsuit on the job would be enough of a you know um, reason to get my ass into shape and it lasted about two weeks and then I stopped to Dublin and I didn't do a fucking thing isn't that amazing Eva because I, like I'm the same like we both have we have telly jobs upon us and you know psychologically a lot of people will be looking at me this is the time for me to drop the extra poundage now you've no extra poundage but I thought I always think oh that's it I'm flying it's going to go now if anything get into shape would be that and it still yeah. didn't I was still no. on the cosy going oh Jesus I should have been doing the weights <laughs> <laughs> instead I was eating crisps two days before and drinking rosé <laughs> 
I know. It's just really hard. It's really hard. Oh, I, I love life too much. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. And you know what? It doesn't it's matter. And I, I also realized, which I thought would be, would help me get into the right mindset. I will never be that person who looks forward to exercise. I'm, I have to stop waiting for that feeling to come on me in the morning. Oh, yes, let's get up in it. That will never happen. I, I no. just want that person. So it'll always be a battle. That means I have to accept it'll be a battle and I have to fight the fight. But that still doesn't work. <laughs> I know, I know. And the thing is, I, I find the summers particularly hard when everybody's off school. The kids are off school. I just, yeah. but my time is really precious. So yeah. I'm like, precious. okay, really? I just, I can't be going to a gym now or exercising now. And if it's a sunny day, well, forget it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll walk and, yeah. you know, I move, I'll move a lot. I'm not going to be lifting weights. So I don't know. We're doomed, I think, lads, to be honest with you. At least you two are skinny bitches. <laughs> it's not, but it's not, it's not, it's not about fat. It's not at all. Like it's about um, feeling creaky, sore and old. And, and then oh, and no, also, I know muscle loss becomes sagging. So it's it does. Great. It's this. It's everything just starts yeah. to sag. We all and lads, you, like, yeah. you, you know, I'm a little bit ahead of the two of you. And I'm telling you, you're going to get a shock. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. The next five years is like, whoa, my God. Yeah. The, the old collagen, you know what happens to the collagen, don't you? From the age of 45 to 50. What? Yeah. It drops by about 70%. Oh, yeah. I got to horse that into me in the morning. Yeah. So maybe I will. Do you do that? Uh, why not? Yeah. yeah. I do all kinds of things. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've did a lot recently. I did a treatment called Exilis, which is like a heat treatment all over your face and neck that's meant to stimulate the collagen. Uh-huh. Now, I don't, um, it, it takes a long time to see the results. Yeah. So I've done like six of them. I I looked lovely after them because my face was lovely and red and I just looked like I'd been out in the sun for an hour. <laughs> last, last then. I'd say you need to be doing it every year fairly regularly and it's pricey. Yeah, yeah it's pricey. But um, I don't you know what, if I, if I look better by Christmas and I feel like I look fresh, I'll, I'll keep doing it. I'll find, I'll find a way. I'll stop buying clothes and I'll just save the face instead. Let's check in with each other at Christmas, though, and see how we're doing. So now, so Eva's in a new house and SJ is moving house today. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, a, in an hour and a half. It's meant to be one of the most stressful things in your life, but I think you've done all the stress part. Yeah, it's like, actually, I'm just happy. You just can't wait to get into our own space and um, hang up my clothes. It's just the simple things of just putting your knickers in a drawer. And and this place, you know, they have these new apps, you know, electricity apps and parking apps and all these different apps that I need to have set up on my phone because it's all done like I, we're not going to get an electricity bill do we just top wow up, yeah we top up our electricity on the phone but there's a there's an issue because my phone is a Spanish phone so they're not accepting my region so suddenly there's all these things that I'm like oh 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 okay um but they won't old. leave you without the electric now. They won't leave you without the electric. I won't but be it, running up with a bit of gas. But like. isn't it, but, <laughs> but isn't it funny though how how times have changed and you know now like before it was like oh 
like transferring the name onto the utility bill. And then, and so I also need an utility bill to set up a bank account, but I'm not going to have a name on the utility bill. So it's all these new changes because of how people live and the, and it's just different. It's always. And you know what, as well, the bureaucracy has gotten worse. Sure. I think the paperwork and the bureaucracy has just just come on. Everybody thought, oh, with computers and the Internet and apps, yeah. it'll it'll become easier and everything will be easier in your banking and everything will be easier. I just find it a minefield of forms. Yeah. Are you the same? No, I haven't found that here yet. And you're good at that stuff anyway. I'm, I'm like really Mrs. Inefficient and you're the opposite. <laughs> um, but it, it's so far. No, I haven't. And people have been quite warm and welcoming you know at the bank and everything in terms of what we need to set up a bank account just very simple things but they're all linked to having a house you know and so you just and also you just feel very fortunate there's so many people out there like when I go into the bank you think how hard things are for people who don't have anything who don't have bank account and don't have a house and have no way of getting a house and you know it's just it's just bit, yeah. yeah, it's just built to fucking keep people down. I just think, anyway, it is, and that's a part of what I mean about the bureaucracy sure. and what you need to get yeah. yourself settled somewhere. They ask for so much. They do. Are you loving being in the new house? I adore it. Oh, lads, we have a garden. I can't tell you that we just don't have to go to the park every day. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, going to the park is torture. I know it's a tradition in England. It's not here, you see. Yeah, well, it's it is. Yeah, I guess it is. And maybe it's because a lot of people in in, in London, in particular, don't have gardens. Maybe. No, it is that. It's it's a little bit happens a little bit more here because we have a, an apartment culture now. But nothing compared to the the apartment culture in in London is. You've been there for eons, and it's still new to us. So parks are. You know, they're not a thing, but I always remember when I was there. Yeah, it was the park. It was the park. Yeah. So a, a garden is glorious when your kids are your ages. We have apple trees and pear trees. Mm. The kids wow. And apples. And yeah, oh. Wait till they start falling and you'll be picking them up for hours and going, what will I do with the apples? <laughs> I can see you making the jam now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, jam, apple for jam for Christmas from uh, Eva. We're all getting our applesauce for Christmas from Eva's applesauce with little labels on the jars. And I can just see you doing it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's much better. You just keep on being a film star, love. You don't need to make applesauce for Christmas. <laughs> Free jam. Uh, speaking of your film starring, where are you? Where are you? Halfway through your shoot? Oh, not even, darling. Not even. Oh, you've. We're only four, five weeks in. We're on it till January. So we've got. <laughs> oh my God, didn't realize you were till Jan. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we've only started, but it's all good. We're, on, uh, we're back from our Dublin stint and we're back in the London for our studio stint. So we're here for, for a, good, a good number of weeks now before we go back over to Ireland again. Um, so yeah, going, it's going well, it's going good. Just great, great women at, at, the, at the forefront of this. Just. That's so lovely. It's so it's so rare to do a job where the women are the yeah, the yeah. leads. Right in the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. Just God, that's fantastic. Fabulous. Well so, done. All good. All good. Well, my work has kicked off in a big way now, lads. Go on. Um, yeah, like I've started waking in the middle of the night with the with the the going over material, going over jokes. That like it's a it's upon me, and it's 
such a shock to the system. You have to clarify what it is you're doing because I don't think everybody's okay. Well, first and foremost, I have my first live shows back. So my I have a show on the 23rd of August in Kilkenny. That might be the 24th, so I better check. That's the cat, that's the cat laughs before I promote something here on the wrong date. Anyway, it's it's anyone can Google cat laughs and you'll see the date for I think it's the 24th, actually. So that'll be my first gig and it's an hour on my own and it's a new show. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in Galway Empire Stadium on the 27th, um, doing about a half an hour with Ardlow Hanlon. And that's bigger because it's Pierce Stadium, even though our capacity will only be 500. I'm just like, I've already just, my head has just gone yeah. into, adre- the adrenaline is flowing and that's it. Once the adrenaline goes, I, I kind of, I start to wake in the middle of the night. Yeah. Just, oh, wow. oh my God. I actually I have know. a knot in my stomach for you. But I on just- top of that, the <laughs> telly gig, my Sky Show telly gig is starting on the 1st of September. And I'm also trying to perfect all of the monologues, five of those. And I, I want to test those out as well. So yeah, but, but it's not but just the live- your Sky Show. It is the Deirdre O'Kane show. Yeah, um, like if anything goes wrong, it's very much on me. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Egg on face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Yeah. Do you the last time you did a live show? Um, I did like one tiny one in the gap last summer. Remember, we kind of remember we opened a little bit for like a month or something uh-huh. I went into town and I tried out new stuff for like 20 minutes it's not the same for that time I did a real real gig certainly two years good grief so yeah, yeah I just I just am I still funny I don't know <laughs> you are <laughs> believe me. is the material good the, the biggest difference is that I have nowhere to try out the material. So normally I'd run into town. Yeah, yeah. I just I just call up any one of the little clubs and say, can I pop in for 20 minutes and, and get up? And they're like, yeah, it's a lovely. Yeah, the system is very nice. You know how, how it works. Yeah, and, and I, how it works that you could do that. Yeah, you just it's run in somewhere fun. and uh, and get up. Um, And I can't do that. So that this is the first time I'll ever be taking the guts of an hour of new material to a stage without an audience without having really tried it yeah it's really hard yeah that's sort of like doing it without your dress rehearsal or your tech rehearsal in a normal place yeah actually I'm I am telling a bit of a lie because when I did the last one after the dance with the stars I wrote a show about that and the deadline was upon me in like five six weeks and I just had no time it wasn't written at least this is written I'm not feeling panicked that I have to write more jokes yeah I'm kind of finessing it and trying to learn it yes the last time I was actually still writing it oh my god I was a basket case an absolute basket case and I really didn't have the time to just run in and get up so I actually just had to go I always remember the first one I did was a, a charity gig that PJ Gallagher was running in Dunleary uh, down in the theatre and, and he said to me do you really come and just come in and perform will you do will you do like half an hour and I said can I do more than half an hour if I need to I don't actually know what I have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I don't know what length it is I yeah. could be I could be on the stage for 20 minutes and I could be on the stage for 50 minutes I just don't know what it is and mercifully PJ is like just really relaxed and saying just do what you want 
Like right. if it doesn't matter, if you go short, I'll just cover it. And if you go long, well, that suits me down to the ground. And and off I went. And I always remember that feeling of walking out there going, please, God, let this be 40 minutes and not 20. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please let me I have more than I think I have. Yeah. And I did. I did. Oh, brilliant. I, just, I can just, I'm feeling the nerves. Like I that. am too. I don't do theatre because it's just like, I think I, I would suffer from stage fright. I absolutely would. Would you, Eva? Did you ever do theatre? I did it at the very beginning and I didn't have a great experience. It wasn't a good play. And it was, the whole thing was just really, really not a good experience. No, like tiny audiences. And it was just, a, it was a flop, basically. It was a flop. <laughs> and that, I never got over it. Mm. Really? Yeah. I never got over it and I never really did. And then I stupidly, this is what totally put the fear in me because it was a ridiculous thing to do considering I had, you know, just been working on TV and film and not doing theatre. I then thought, well, maybe it'd be good to do, to dip my toe in and do, do you know the 24-hour theatre? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, Eva, that was extreme. Oh, my God. I'll just explain to the listeners, you basically... Uh, come together as a group and write and write, create and perform a play within 24 hours. Yeah. And the writers have 12 hours to go off to hotel rooms around the place with their cat. They're given the cast, like sort of, they choose their cast and they are named out of a hat. <laughs> I don't know how they fight, fight over it. They get their cast, they go off, they write it, they have 12 hours to write a play, kind of an end between 10 and sort of 15 minutes, write a play. They come back. So this was your second choice after the flop. This is my second choice after the flop. <laughs> they deliver the play to the cast, and then the cast have twelve hours to get it ready. That was the was that the nail in the coffin. That was the nail in the coffin when I was like in the toilet in the old vic, being sick, mm. all orifices. <laughs> I was so fucking terrified, literally sweating, going, oh, "What have I done? What have I done?" Old Vic is a big theatre. It holds people or 750 people theatre. And they had big names like Rufus Sewell was in it. Jimmy Nesbitt was in it. Uh, um, Michael, uh, what's his face? (laughs) Michael, what's his face? Gamble. Do I hear Gamble? (laughs) The the Welsh actor. His name completely. Sheen. Thank you. How done. But these are like experienced theatre actors that have treaded the boards for a lot, you know, for many years. And I was literally crying in the Obic toilet going, I've made a huge mistake. You have a, like, you have a, about a four minute technical rehearsal. And we got on, you just like do, do like a speed of, of it just to walk it through. And I remember the director coming up to me at the end of it, called me to the front of the stage. And he went, Eva, because he's at the back watching. I can't actually hear you. Oh God. I can't, I can't. I really can't. I'm struggling to hear you. You're gonna oh God. have to fill the theatre with your voice. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't do that. I've never filled a theatre with my voice. The, 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 the theatre that was I did the flop thing was a tiny, tiny theatre. I was like, I'm not trained for this. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> the, the horrible dawning realization of oh my God, I'm the wrong person for this job. I should not be here. I should and you know, you're here. not the wrong person no. for that job. I mean, that's not just really simple technique that of yeah. course you can do. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of getting used to it, like a couple yeah. of days. But sure. that, that job, because it was 24-hour theatre, I'd be fine. There was no time, yeah. I had the rehearsal period, the four weeks, <laughs> getting back into training, fine. But this, yeah. I should not be here because we are on and, oh, we're on in two hours. In two hours. And how did it go? How did it go? Did you fill the theatre? I, I don't know. I had yeah. an 
of body experience and not a very pleasurable one. It felt like I was completely removed from my body and my body was doing like a, a weird kind of, you know, m- moving in a strange way across the stage, making noises while I above it, looking down, going, let it be over. And then it was over. And then I had the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. And I was like shaking all over, but absolutely high. Went up to the bar, downed some drink or another with another cast member. I just went, that was insane. Insane. The rush was amazing afterwards, but but by God. That's just relief. Like just, it's not joy. It's not a high, like, wow, I was fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I brought them to tears. <laughs> I made them howl with laughter. That's just I. I I'm alive. I, I'm alive. I've walked yeah. off the stage without shitting myself in public. That's yeah, all. that's all. That's all you can hope for. Honest to goodness. And that was the end of you in the theatre. That's the end of me and, and Pierce. So I re- and I. I had. I have auditioned for it since and sort of toyed with the idea of doing one or two things and then didn't. And now I think I actually too much time has has passed. Passed. And I don't. I don't think I would feel comfortable doing it at all. I think you, if you were going to think about doing something, a, a small venue, just something small to step your toe in the water. Yeah. Would you consider? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just be fair about the fact that you don't need to. Because yeah, you're, that's true. You're exactly. fine with your lovely Look, telly breaks. No. <laughs> so that's good. But isn't it amazing? The, the fights. Can you remember what your biggest fight was on stage? Because you're that was yours, but do you have one, SJ? Like you, yeah. Um, there was one moment where (laughs) I was standing on stage and I went, I can't remember my line. Okay, this is this is the this is the absolute horror, this is the nightmares that I get, and then. And it was just this one moment, you know, and out of you know, lots and lots of plays, there was just this one moment where I just suddenly had a very introspective moment where I thought. I can't remember my line and I know everybody's looking at me mm. and it's up to me to say it. But what felt like 10 minutes was actually only 10 seconds. But it, how it, did you get out of it? I, I said the line, it came to me and then it was, okay. you know, and then I was back, you know, but it was a kind of an out of body experience. And I imagine that that's the sort of thing that can really throw people into a stage fright, situation where it can come upon you the next night but thankfully it didn't it was just that one moment where I did have this little out-of-body experience because I know of other people where it has become a thing and and I know of some actors that have had to stop acting because of it and I feel like that must be the most upsetting and distressing thing because it is a mental block Mm -hmm. um but 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 thankfully it was it was a simply just a moment of Oh, it's my line. Oh, shit. What, what, Do you remember you, these moments as well? Do you ever have these moments when you're you're in the dressing room? You're, so you're not a lead in a play. When you're not in a lead, you're kind of, you can oh. relax in between bits. So, you know, you're on at the beginning and you're oh. not on for half an hour. So you go back to your and dressing you room. To go and you on. And the next thing. <laughs> and the next thing you, you hear the line that's just before you. And you fucking sprint like Hussein Bolt to that stage. <laughs> You could scale a six foot wall with the fear uh, that is upon you. You're just like, Aah! 
oh my god I, I mean i have moved i have moved from a dressing room to the stage i'd say at, at olympic speed but my god the, the heart failure that reminds me of a story that a good friend of ours who will remain nameless just in case he doesn't want to he's not even an actor anymore so it probably doesn't matter but when he was an actor they used to play this game he, he did a lot of theater and i can't for the life of me remember the name of the game but it was about something like you know pushing it to the core or whatever so when you get your call to stage don't you, you get your your, your 10 minutes to 10 minutes to the stage, Miss Bird Thistle, 10 minutes, ten, 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 ten minutes ten to the stage. stage. Five minutes. I do minutes. miss the etiquette, lads. Yeah. But they used to push it to see who could be not ready close enough to the call bit. Okay, that must have been a really long oh, run, and they were very bored. And there was quite a few of them. And it would be either they'd arrive with the, you know, they'd only be arriving when it's five minutes stage, five minutes stage. They weren't in costume, five minutes stage, five minutes stage. And our, our mutual friend pushed us the best, and he won because he pushed us so far. The five minutes to the stage call, he got into the shower. <laughs> he got into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so he then still had to get into his cosy. And tried to make the stage, which I think he did. Just that's hilarious. But you know, so you know something. I do understand the psychology of that. I mean, now the diehard professionals will be listening. I mean, that is out of control. Yeah. However, if you are in a long run, some yeah. people like say take the oh, West End God. and you do twelve months or even two years. People oh. have melt have breakdowns. Yes. It's too long. Like yeah. literally Groundhog Day, yeah. and you and it's a way of themselves saying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of just waking yourself up or something. It is. Like you know, you need to have the laugh. And actually, that's another fear. Actually, is um, is the oh, fear the is the fear the that you're going to laugh? Like I'm a terrible corpser, terrible oh. corpser, and and I have to speak to myself so hard. Like, and I know the people that will trigger me, so I have to really work so hard to not let that person who knows. I can make drummy corpse any second now and I'm going to do it. And it it's really scary. And there have been moments on stage and I've with some of my closest friends in particular, who again will remain nameless. Where <laughs> like, I think we, you should name them for the laughter. Go on. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But the terror is the trying to get back the control. Like you're you're laughing really hard and you're trying to get through a scene and all of your body is going, get back, get back, get back, like stop. And you're trying so hard to do the opposite of what your body and your brain wants to do. It's horrendous. Horrendous. I did a play with Old MacDonald and um, we were in Bath. And actually it was the play of the now film that's been much ridiculed. They called it something else. The play is called Outside Mullingar. Patrick Shanley. Wild Mountain Time, which I haven't seen. But the play version I really liked it's it is wild. it is wild (laughs) but anyway Owen and I had this long scene around a table and it was hilarious and the dialogue was very fast like a tennis match across the table but there was just a moment in it where we were gone we were gone every freaking time (laughs) and there was one downstage he was gone and you know when another person is gone I went I went and I couldn't control I had to keep turning my back to Because I'm meant to be getting upset. That was the, the upside was I was meant to be getting upset. So I had to make 
laughter look like pain, look like emotional upset. And my back was to the audience, but I was actually tortured. He said to me afterwards, I could see the torture on your face <laughs> as you were trying to get back. It was like, oh, my fucking God, I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to go in this big theater. Oh, geez. The only, I mean, not that this this makes it okay when you're in the moment of that, but an audience, it's like watching bloopers, isn't it? Like they would lo actually love to see an, uh, somebody on stage corpse, I think, because it would make, I think it would be really, really It funny. depends on the scene. It depends on the scene, I suppose. But what an audience don't want to, to see, and, and I personally hate as well, because it's just like this, please let this end, is when you know an actor has forgotten their lines. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's horrible for everybody. It's awful. I was at a play there, <clears throat> well, it was probably, I guess, it was two years ago now, because it, it was before COVID hit. Um, and one of the actors who was in the middle of a big scene just completely dried. He completely dried. Uh, I, I haven't seen that for a long time. He did go on for a couple of minutes. It wasn't just like, <gasps> oh. And he had to call for the line off stage. The other actor that he's acting opposite was trying to feed him the line, sort of subtly, quietly, oh, and hear it. And then you end up having to call for it. And it's just in the audience, you are going, oh, cringing. Oh, you're feeling so bad for him. Yeah, well, that's like watching a comedian dying on stage. I mean, there's absolutely nothing worse. Oh, and that's why they call it dying on stage, because it's as bad as it can get. Oh, on the, on the On the laughter, just to get back to the laughter for one second, I did have one experience where I didn't recover. Yeah, it wasn't a play, though, thank God. It was a stand-up gig that I was doing in Edinburgh with Donald Beecher, who was amazing at uh, this double-hander. He was on a keyboard, playing a keyboard, while I played this cruise ship singer who sang nap songs. And he was very, very funny. And whatever happened, something went wrong. And we both went together and didn't recover. Didn't and couldn't recover. I actually got down on my knees. I got down in the end because we tried, we tried to bring it back so many times, like 10 times. And I kept apologizing to the audience. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that we're just finding this funnier than you. I was like, what well, was just what can I say? And in the end, I got down on my knees and my head went down the ground. I just I thought I'd gave up. I gave up. But this is what I mean about audiences. Would did they not love it? Because they so laugh. When you Do you know move. what? There were some people. Here's the thing: there were some people who were crying with laughter. They were in an awful state watching us. But there was a couple of stony faces. Oh yeah. There was also a couple of stony faces. Yeah. yeah. And that was hard. And I remember, I remember Patrick McDonald, who's another another comedian. He was in the audience. He was he was dying. I mean, he was. I thought he was gonna. He was laughing so hard. He just couldn't believe this was happening. But he, he afterwards he said to me. I couldn't stop laughing at the stony face people. <laughs> I was just looking at them going, oh my God, this is a car crash of monumental proportion. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're off to do your show. And, oh, yeah, I'm and I, I am really looking forward to it. Like I, I am actually dying to get back on stage. I yeah. have to say I am. I am. I need a bit of rock and roll in me life. God almighty. Lad. Yeah. It's been two very insular years. Right. need a bit of... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. You do. I just, I, it would be very nice if we could open up soon. I'm finding the, you know, the my my Sky Show in the Olympia, you know, it should have a, we should have like a thousand people in the audience yeah. and we're going to have 150. Oh, God, I was going to ask. Is that it really hard? It was going to be, yeah. this is only for stand up. Well, no, actually, any comedy show, it, to, you're relying on audience feedback, you're relying on hearing the laugh. So, yeah. With that small an audience in such a big space, how is that? Well, we're going to mic them basically, so okay. which will help enormously. And oh, they, they've changed idea. they've changed the design to make okay. it all look more intimate. Well, so you still get the scale of how beautiful the theatre is, but actually, I think most of the audience will be on the stage with us, and we've built it. it oh, very clever! It, they've done very. We've done very clever things. Really uh, Stephen has. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's kind of across all of that, yeah. and um, and they'll be mic'd. So, I mean, when you get when it comes to the edit, the telly version, it'll be fabulous. It'll, yes. You know, you can add, but uh, on the night, you're you're right. Like we've yeah, got yeah. to have laughter. Music, yeah. you can do. This is the yeah. difference. You, sure. you can do music with actually no audience, but you cannot do stand up. But yeah. um, anyway, look, we will. We just have to manage. And to be honest with you, at this stage, we've all had so little stage time. We'll take 150. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's kind of, of the feeling. And it's the first of September, a little bit. I mean, I was hoping I might say 200, 250, but it might yeah. just go up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, listen. I got to gotta get it in the can. It's been postponed for probably 18 months. Uh, it's happening. Um, speaking of having a bit of rock and roll in, in one's lives, um, we were at a party, we won't say who's, but we, we were at a party on Friday night yesterday, weren't we? We um, were. Hey, yeah. I know. <laughs> Poor Dee couldn't come. And this, this is not to rub it in your face, this is to discuss, um, well, because it was the first time everybody in the room had been at a party in a very, very long time, for obvious reasons. So there was this amazing kind of energy, slightly frenetic energy yeah. in, in the room where people were sort of, thinking the same thing which is like Jesus we're out we're out of party we're out and we're dressed up and dressed up. and it yeah. was a fabulous party and fabulous there was party. this feeling of it was that's what somebody said it's like a post-war party now it's nothing like we can't claim that we've been through anything like like that but there was this, through something monumental but we've been, oh, we 100%. have but we have and there was this energy as soon as you walked into the room and everyone looking beautiful. And it was just incredible. And everybody able to hug and kiss each other because everyone's vaccinated. I presume that was the vibe. This one, well, there was, it was mixed because, and I think this probably changed through the course of the evening, but there was, I think there was a mixed um, response. Yeah. And mixed behavior from people. And I don't mean just in regards of how people greet each other if they give a hug or, or a fist bump. Um, but I think some people were 
very overwhelmed by the whole they thing. They were. Like, we sort of just couldn't quite find their groove with it because it was just all a bit too much. And yeah, some of those people were um, had you know really hunkered down over the last year and a half because yeah. they had it. And this was really their first time properly socialising. And it's that kind of a scale as well. So they, they found it very, very emotional. There's other people who were the other extreme, probably. <laughs> yeah, like us, like ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just so happy and not overwhelmed in all the right ways. Very, very, well, too comfortable, <laughs> perhaps. Um, but, it, but it was really interesting. And, and some people that I was chatting to mentioned that they'd felt like they had lost all their social skills and were finding it really difficult just to have a chat, you know? Yeah, so really that's interesting. Kind of, um, mixture of, of emotions and... Yeah, and people, but people were being very um, kind and conscientious as well, that there was this acknowledgement that not everyone feels very comfortable. Like, it, I was very aware that... I'd flown from America and back and I'd done that twice since lockdown and I've been back to Ireland twice. I had actually, you know, you've been on the move. I've been on the move and I've, I've, some people haven't gotten on a bus. Some people had kind of hadn't even gotten on a train to go into London. Yeah. And, And, and so this was the first event that they you know, took public transport. And it's just the, the difference in people's experiences all kind of coming together in this one party that was fabulous and really monumental, as you say. And but it also, it also made me, I, I was thinking then, like COVID aside, how are your general social skills? Would you, how would you rate them? Are you both very good at just chit-chat and filling airspace and I'm not talking about people that you know you just go straight into into you know proper conversations but people that you don't know terribly well and those kind of social um events um are you good at chit chat I have improved but it's something I definitely had to work on I used to be very very bad Mm -hmm. only with people I don't know I'm, I'm fine with people I know but say I'm at a wedding uh and I don't know the groom side, or you're at an event where you're going, okay, I'm going to be mixing with a lot of people and there's small talk to be made. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I actually used to have fear and dread and go, I'm really shockingly bad at this, but I've learned from watching other people. I've kind of, I've kind of studied other people and I realize, ask questions, ask questions about them. Where do you come from? Where do you live? What do you do? Yeah. But it's all very mood dependent as well, isn't it? Because really, it takes energy to, to to do the small talk and to be or you know, feel. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a my it's a, it is a skill. It's a it's an absolute skill. I often look at the the royals uh, when I was uh, when Kate and William were over here. Um, I was invited to meet them at a little soiree, and I had to watch the two of them doing the whole room and have a few words for like. Two hundred people, different yeah. people, and I thought, well, that—that's that's you need a, a, you need a degree skill. in that. That's like, my yeah. God, like where do you begin? You yeah. know, and they were doing it. They were doing it. It was full of them. By the time they finished, I was full of admiration <laughs> for the two of them. They smiled. They were gracious beyond, yeah. and I just thought that is my idea now of hell. Small talk around a room. 
some people they were really happy to meet actors they recognized or knew from various things and they go oh i know i I'm, I'm, i watch game of thrones it's so nice to see you bit of that you know that was fun but then there was loads of people who were just sure now, did you see what I just nearly said there? Loads of ordinary people who weren't in <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, that's not what I mean. Just like no. where you're having to find out who are you, yeah, what do you do? About them. There's no, yeah, yeah, there's no starter point. They've been learning, I'd say, all of their oh, lives. But it is part of their job. It is their job. It is their job. And yeah. so they've gotten very good at it. And I imagine when they go home, they go after the party. They might kick their shoes. Kick the shoes, their shoes off. Shoes up. Kick the shoes <laughs> off and go. So who who was the best person you spoke to now tonight? Who was the the funniest? And sometimes they go, yeah. no one, no one. There wasn't <laughs> one light in that fucking room. Well, that brings me to my next question. Are you good at extricating yourself from a conversation when you don't, when you see somebody that you do want to talk to across the side of the room and you don't want to be stood talking to a person that you don't know? Are you good at getting yourself out of the conversation? Let you answer, yeah. Esther. Yeah. Um, the other night, I found myself in a situation where I probably was the one that she was trying to extricate herself from. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I don't believe that. Should I, think, I think the reason is I took a risk. You took a risk. You took a risk. You asked her about anal sex. <laughs> I took a risk. I took a risk. And I don't think it went very well. Oh, God. Are you going to tell us what the... Can you remember what the risk... I was having a really fun chat with this woman. And then she was like, how is your week? And we were chit-chatting. <laughs> and we were like, at this stage, I came out with this thing that I just learned. And I was like, you know, do you know what's happening in discos nowadays? That girls are actually, they're putting glitter in their vaginas. And then guys come out if they've snogged the girl. And if the guy has glitter on his on his finger, then you know it's game on. So I took a risk. I took a risk. That's hilarious. I took a risk, and uh, I'd love to know how you phrased that risk. Like, what did you come out with? <laughs> did you just say, "Do you know when you've got glitter on your finger"? <laughs> it was something like that. Then I'd see her later on in the night. I was like, "Hi, glitter on your finger. Glitter on the fingers." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but generally, I'm pretty good at, at extricating my own self from a situation, but in a nice way, you know. We're... I know, but that's the thing. You never want to hurt somebody. I'm not very good at it. So I end up there. I'm still there 45 minutes later going, oh, I'll over there. Um, so you and my, my husband. I'm really fucking polite. Like as we've spoken about not being able to complain. No, you're too polite, love. You let people yeah. scrub the skin off your, you know, yeah, off the legs. Off your. Well, yeah. I'm stuck in the corner going, I don't know how to not. I don't know how to. You need to just like have five lines of, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I am actually desperate for the bathroom. I need, I'm just going to get another drink. You another need drink. a few yeah. staples. Yeah, a few staples that are polite and easy and no one's going to be offended. Because like that, my husband, oh my God. We used to leave the odd event where I'd have a great night and he'd come out the door spitting for like a lunatic. I was stuck. I got 
stuck for an hour and a half. And I'd just be like, Jesus, what is wrong with you, man? You've got to get out of these situations. I had a great night. I did the whole room or whatever. I had a laugh over there. I could see you. I could see you having a laugh. And I was trying to give you a signal across the room to save me. But you're like, listen, I can't be saving you. I've done the saving. You've got to save yourself. That's every man for himself. There's, it's the wildebeest theory. I have a friend who came up, him and his pals. This is years and years ago. Um, and they'd say, oh, it's the wildebeest. And you're standing in the bar. And it's up to you to save yourself. <laughs> and you see it coming in. And he's looking. He's looking for the prey. And you have to scurry away. And if you get caught by the wildebeest, you're fucked. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Deirdre O'Kane podcast with me, SJ and Eva B. This week's episode was called Beware of the Wildebeest. Thank you for listening. This podcast is powered by the Acast Creator Network. 